Listeners, we would like to thank our supporters on Patreon. That is Nick, Justin, Matt, Matt, Teddy, Paul, Grace, Alex, Sam, Jory, and Annalise. Thank you for your money. We used it this week to make merch. We did. What? I saw it. I saw it. Ethan, how do you feel about the merch? How do I feel about the merch? It's beautiful. The merch is beautiful. Great. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Angie McMichael, friend of the pod, made us some designs. And so those are available on Bonfire. It is, there will be links in the description. One of them has all of the the names of what a pastor can be from the theme song. And the other one is a delightful graphic depiction of you, our listeners, The Void. So jump on those. The Void ones are a limited run. They'll be done printing at the end of February 2022. So if you're listening in the future, maybe we got them back again. Uh, But also if you would like different types of merch that are not just t-shirts that you can wear around, let us know. We'll investigate it. But that is finally available to you. We have to think of other fun stuff that we want to do besides make some merch because we already did it. Well, we've got a live show, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's apparently our new thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you have $5 or more a month to spare and would like to help us do other stuff like go on the road or sleep through the night peacefully or... Uh... Just those two. That's it. That's all I got. Send vaccines to to people all over the world. That's true. If you would like to help us vaccinate the world, you can subscribe to us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash WTHIAP. You also get access to the Patreon-only podcast feed, which has bonus content, and the Patreon-only podcast that Ian and I record, which is called Pillow Talk. Um, This week's episode, topic TBA, but it's my my turn to ask a question, so I will, I'll find one soon. Yeah, yeah. I have no questions to ask anymore. He's out. He's run out of them. There's no more. Run out. Ian may have run out of questions, but listeners, if you are a supporter on Patreon, you can send us both questions for the one year anniversary of Pillow Talk, which is coming up real soon. So head on over to Patreon and subscribe and we will answer your questions recorded on Pillow Talk. It'll be like you're right there in bed with us. Unfortunately. (laughs) If you're not in a position to support us financially, there are still ways you can help us out. You can subscribe to us on the podcasting app of your choice, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, share us on the platform of your choice, or follow us on Twitter or Facebook, or just keep listening because that is good too. That's right. And now, on to the show. One, two, five, nine. Robin, preacher, servant, leader, rector, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell? Welcome to What the Hell is a Pastor, a podcast about life in set-apart ministry. Each week, we draw on our experiences and challenges as current and former pastors to figure out what the hell it is that pastors do and how to do it as best we can. So Ian, I hear that uh, progressive Methodists are now anti-vax. Is that true? No, that's not true. Mm. <laughs> do you want to describe where this came from? Or Ethan, do, do you want to um, describe what you saw that caused us to bring Ian back onto the podcast to explain things to us? So this was a while ago. So bear with me in my brain. But this was the uh, thing that we saw where the global Methodist church or, or the WCA or folks like that were attempting to get different folks in the central conferences vaccinated, Right. And then the progressives all freaked out because 
We can't let the Africans get vaccinated. That would be bad. I'm pretty sure the progressives said those exact words. Ian, tell me I'm right. <laughs> uh, you are uh, right on everything up until that that part where you said what the progressives said, <laughs> mostly. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the Western Covenant Association, um, in their campaign to uh, do everything uh, in their power to have a in-person general conference uh, in the year of our Lord 2022 so that we can vote on this protocol and they can get their $25 million in seed money. They are uh, in the middle of this fundraising campaign. I bet they've already like hit their goal. Um, they're trying to raise $130,000, um, which would be used to um, send vaccines, uh, COVID vaccines, specifically to general conference delegates, which, you know, you hear that, you look at that on the surface, and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's very noble. That's a very, uh, very uh, reasonable, good for them, good for the, the WCA, really cares about uh, uh, people around the world. Um, until you factor in um, that they are really only sending vaccines to general conference delegates. And uh, I don't know if, if you know this, listeners. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Ethan or Joe, but um, <laughs> general conference delegates uh, are not the only people in those communities. Shocker. Shocker. Uh, Africa does not only have general conference delegates in it. <laughs> there are other people who uh, are United Methodist, there are other people who have no connection to the United Methodist denomination. And the coronavirus doesn't really care about whether or not you have uh, professed your faith in Jesus Christ and joined uh, a local United Methodist congregation. Um, wouldn't it be a thing if it did, though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would, I wouldn't, you know, that would be kind of uh, a divine justice on the this shit show of a denomination. Um <laughs> <laughs> that we got this homing virus that only attack uh, attacks us, uh, but no, no, that is the the coronavirus does not care about religious belief. Uh, it just it doesn't know it. Do, it doesn't the COVID nineteen doesn't know Jesus. It's not a. It's not religious. It's not about religion. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> um. So um. Yeah, yeah. That's what's going on, and we have to, you know, put that in the context of. The WCA just really wants uh, its seed money for its uh, global Methodist uh, church. Um, or even like barring that, like they just want to be able to, uh, you know, do their own thing and, and leave and not have to worry about anything um, like that. So that is kind of what is was what's happening. They think that if we have general conference in person, we will definitely pass the protocol and, um, you know, they will have everything they want. And uh, that might not be the case. So. Uh, I want you to say more about that. But so just to kind of sum up this, because I know that like 
Reconciling Ministries Network and other people were putting out, well, put out unfortunate statements that made it sound like they think that people in Africa shouldn't get vaccinated. But really, like what they mean and what we have always meant is that everybody should get vaccinated. It shouldn't just be general conference delegates. And to raise money specifically for only one group of people without working for vaccination for everybody, uh, especially when you have nefarious means in mind, is a... is not cool. But yeah, isn't that just the way that conservatives tend to do? Is it like, we're doing something to help people. Why don't you progressives want us to help people? But it, it rarely do they help people unless it, it benefits them. Is has been my read of the situations, my ungenerous read of the situation. Yep. Yep. Um, and and um, like, to be clear, the United Methodist Denomination, uh, Reconciling Ministries Network, like, uh, are all involved with and are supporting um, interfaith global uh, vaccination campaigns. Um, it is uh, just a very, uh, it happened by, by virtue of like how RMN's statement was worded that like that information got like put in the last paragraph of the statement um, that you could read the first paragraph of the statement and be like, oh, Reconciling Ministries does not want uh, people to be vaccinated. Uh, or, or Reconciling Ministries does not want uh, our, our siblings in, in the central conferences to come to uh, general conference and have a voice in general conference, um, which uh, is, is, uh, couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Hmm. 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 This is good. This is always good. I like it when... Uh... When, when we liberal folks get outsmarted every day of the week. I think that's a fun thing. Makes me proud. <laughs> um, and I think that's really good. Really solid all the way through. Yeah. My favorite thing about being a liberal is you can make a liberal say any horrific thing you want them to say. All you have to do is just fluster them for just five seconds. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can... You can get them to scream out loud. Of course, we don't want any Africans at General Conference, um, and, <laughs> and it's great. You can get them to do it. It's not that hard. Um, <sighs> I love it. I really do. And then we will shamefully walk it back because we are we are shameful people, unlike no, others. Yeah. Um, it should also be stated that uh, since reconciling ministry statement has come out and. Since the WCA has had its uh, brouhaha over reconciling ministry statement, um, groups like uh, there are like central conference bishops and delegates that have said, no, this vaccine campaign that y'all are trying to do, Wesley Covenant Association, is stupid and it is peak colonialism. And uh, the Council of Bishops has said, no, this is uh, a stupid thing you're trying to do, WCA. We see what you're doing. Um and uh, yeah, maybe maybe RMN shouldn't be have been the first voice out of the gate, but uh, but that is not what we live in, uh, not the not the world that we live in. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's always though. Um, what I what I really always find fascinating with this conversation is how both uh, traditionalist. Methodists in America and uh, um, progressive Methodists in America and centrist, like 
American Methodists, American United Methodists, throw around the word colonialism like it means nothing, and how every every like every action, every statement is well, you're showing your colonialist side, which we're a colonialist denomination, like that's true, um, but everyone that's always everyone's first response is oh you're you're against the vaccines you're you're against us giving you va- you're against us giving um central conference delegates vaccines that's colonialism uh or uh oh you're only giving vaccines to central conference delegates so they can come and vote with you that's colonialism mm-hmm. and uh yeah yeah it's it's kind of like eugenics on twitter right now everybody's just throwing the word eugenics around uh, miss that conversation. Oh man, it's some good stuff. It's really it's it's died down a little bit. It's it's as as like different kinds of vaccine mandates get shut down, or or as as different states or governments kind of start phasing out COVID mitigation efforts, um, and immunocompromised people and disabled folks and and folks like that very rightly are like, well, this is incredibly dangerous for us like even though we're vaxxed we're still very susceptible to it and then an incredible amount of able-bodied liberal allies jump up and say well what what the government is trying to do is eugenics and i'm like the government is no that's the wrong way to use that word but i understand why why we think we're they're trying to do a eugenics but colonialism i feel like has a similar uh kind of non-meaning at this point so that's interesting. That's interesting. So what do we do about this, Ian? Like, if 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 we have an in-person general conference, will you and I and Joe really give twenty-five million dollars to a congreg to a to a budding congregation so that they can hurt more gay kids? Yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, <laughs> the the treasurer the treasurer of the global Methodist Church is going to come and and knock on your door, Ethan, mm-hmm. and uh, will expect you to give. Uh, well, let's be honest, him uh, a uh, check for twenty five million dollars. That's true. That's true. Um, I think. Um, I don't even uh, know where we are with the state of the protocol anymore. Um, the WCA is uh, seems very certain that um, it still has the votes to, to pass it. Mm-hmm. Prob- one of the like main underlying problems with the protocol is that um, the protocol does not outline... Um, the order of how we are doing things we're going to be doing things in um general conference and as with everything uh the order of operations matters right um so we can in theory um you know pass this protocol and uh let the global methodist church take 25 million dollars from uh some pot of money that I'm not exactly sure where that pot of money is anymore um, because all of this was negotiated pre-COVID and uh, there's no mechanism to say, well, if you're a traditionalist, you have to go join them. So you can still have traditionalists uh, delegates in the United Methodist General Conference uh, mucking up the system, um, uh, voting against regionalization, um, 
So um, there are people that are saying, no, we need, if we're going to do this, we need to pass regionalization first and then uh, let the United States have its battle royale um, before we pass the protocol. And um, the WCA says, no, pass the protocol first, then, then we'll do regionalization and no one knows what is going on anymore. And that is, I think, um, part and parcel of what the WCA is trying to do. And uh, so, so discord and uh, division amongst us delegates by uh, muddying the waters and confusing the process. And uh, yeah. Good. Good. Joe, your thoughts? Yeah, I just, I, I continue to feel that... Um... That we uh, embrace the innocent as doves, but not sly as serpents part of Jesus's message to us as liberals. I mean, as anybody, but like, especially as liberals, we don't, uh, we're not like getting in the muck, you know, like we are not planning, we are not striving, or if there's plans and striving, I don't know what it is. And so it just seems to me that like, that we could be louder about what's happening and we could, uh, you know, try to be doing more good. I don't know. I, I'm so frustrated by all of it, mostly because like I'm exhausted and I don't like, I don't really want to think about any of this. Um, which is probably why we haven't had too many news alerts with John Wesley to keep up with this. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think is because um, in theory, right, general conference is scheduled for this fall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in theory, we well, the commission on the general conference could just be like, looks like there's not enough vaccines. Guess we'll have to wait some more, uh, which is just a really frustrating place to be in. Um for everybody who's just kind of caught and harmed while we're in this in this limbo, for people who are waiting, who have put off ordination because they want to stay as lay delegates, for people who are waiting to see if like there is a path for ordination for them, and every like everybody who just wants, who knows that like regardless of what happens at general conference, there will still be a United Methodist denomination. It will just either be the the level of just that it is will be adjusted based on what happens at general conference. Um, you're still stuck with local congregations are on edge because they know that a change is coming, but we don't know when this change is coming. We don't really know what all is involved with it. Um, and like the only people who are, who are making moves are the people who are out here like trying to harm gay kids. So they probably don't think of it as harm. They think that they're helping because otherwise the gay kids are going to go to hell forever. Um, and like, you just can't even have that conversation with people. So I, I just continue to be very frustrated about it. Um, but I do like that we had Ian here to explain all of these machinations. I agree. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is there are two pieces of this puzzle that that would uh, allow a, an in-person general conference to to take place well uh three pieces one you know covid like spread should be lower um two is is the vaccines and, and vaccine access um but three uh when you're dealing with uh even in a regular general conference here um you're dealing with uh international delegates that need visas um, as well. Um, and, um, I, there, there are still, uh, 
backlogs at U.S. consulates because of COVID. Um, and uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't see how <laughs> uh, the United Methodist denomination has enough uh, sway or pull to clear those log jams oh, to right. get yeah. to get our delegates uh, visas in time for a in-person general conference at the end of August of this year. But the commission on the general conference is dragging its uh, feet on canceling general conference. Sure. Can they cancel it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the the stuff that I've heard is if they cancel it, they will just cancel it. Uh, there will not be a general conference in the 2020 to 2024 quadrennium. Um, they they might um, do a uh, say, hey, everyone that was elected for 2020 will serve at the 2024 general conference. There's a lot of leeway in how that works because until general conference meets, you know, we're still operating in the 2016 quadrennium and like it's been that same commission on the general conference uh since 2016 yeah i mean it almost it almost feels like and this is me as a person who likes to just know what we're doing that like uncertainty is not something i deal well with i would rather at this point they just say that there's no there's going to be no general conference 2020 and call it a day and then just make that decision that general conference 2024 is a thing and start now working towards the goal of making sure that everybody is vaccinated and everybody has visas like go ahead and start that paperwork now and make that plan because it, it might take two full years you know mm -hmm. i think that you are imagining that the, that centrists want another general conference um, ah, I, think right. that, <laughs> I think that not simply not having general conference gives uh, moderates what they want, which is we never have to confront this issue. We never have to to split up. It's all over. It's all fine. We just kind of do whatever. Um, bishops will at different times, you know, like different bishops are enforcing rules and are not enforcing rules like you know, we can just kind of live in this world. It's worked so far. Part of it is is because of COVID, you know, like mm -hmm. is that we've been able to kind of live in this weird limbo space where um, local Congress, like I didn't do my end of year reporting. What? You know, you, you know who didn't send me an email to do my end of year reporting? The conference office. And so I just didn't do it. And things have been moving on fine without any of that. And so, you know, it's just, uh, but I think that, I think it's proven that we can just kind of do it. Like we don't have to do any of the bureaucratic stuff. We could just kind of do whatever. This is bad. I'm not in favor of this, but like, I think that, I think that that's the future moderates want for the Methodist church. What if we just never do general conference again? What if, what if so much of this bureaucratic stuff just never happens again? And, and, and maybe the problem goes away on its own. Um, 
I can I, see that. Well, so I think that like maybe in the short term, right, we don't need to do any of this stuff. Maybe for like right now we can put it off because we'll be able to handle the mess later. But the mess will come to us. Like problems will start to happen and we will feel it. So, yeah, I for all that... Um, for all that, I think you're right. There are people who think that we can just kind of keep on keeping on. I don't think that's true. I think if sure. we just keep on keeping on, we're inventing a new Methodist denomination by default that is somehow worse than what we have. True. True. I wonder how long we can do this, though. That's my thing. Like, how long can we make this work? Because we, we can at least make an entire quadrennium work without uh, a uh, general conference. Why not? Uh, why not two? You know, <laughs> why not, why <laughs> three two is a stretch them? goal. You know, yeah. Why not? Like, sure. Will bishops be retiring, and at some point, we'll need a jurisdictional conference. Maybe. You know, in, Sus- in the Susquehanna annual conference where I'm from, our bishop retired, thank God, and now two bishops tag team to part time serve that conference. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's fun. We could just keep doing that forever. Um, I think uh, general conference gets uh, postponed or canceled, and then the council of bishops will say, "All right, have your jurisdictional conferences now," um, mm. to uh, let the bishops who need to retire officially retire and elect new bishops. Yeah, <laughs> because the episcopacy is. I think uh, the last I heard is down 19 bishops. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before I uh, spiral any further into despair, I think we got to call this one quits. (laughs) You know, the three of us could be made bishop tomorrow. We'd be great at, you know, honestly, people frequently tell me and Ian that we should be bishops. So, like, let's do it. Like, we could also no. I was about to be like, let's start our own denomination. We could <laughs> right we'll here it, on this we'll podcast. It, you heard it first. We'll call it the Quakers, and, <laughs> and we'll just—it'll be great. We don't need any stinking bishops. Ethan, will you sign us off? Yes, I can. Friends, thanks for listening. This has been a mini sode of what the hell is a pastor? We are Spanks Reebok, the dude, and John Wesley, and we will see you next time. What the Hell is a Pastor is a part of the Disruptive Disciples podcast network. Our theme song is written by Joe Schoenwolf, performed by Joe Schoenwolf, Ian Uriola, and Paul Uriola, and produced by Paul Uriola. Email us at wtheckisapastor at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disruptivedisciples, on Twitter at WTHIAP, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash WTHIAP, where you can get access to Pillow Talk, merch, signed cards, custom essays, and so much more. Thanks for listening, and insist on vaccine equity, friends.